You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, I'm excited to be here today because you get to talk about work, and I love work, and I like talking about work, and I know that you spend most of your time at work, so it's going to be great. Work. What pops into your head when you hear the word? The hands of a clock crawling slowly toward five? Endless meetings? Stacks of paperwork? Just hanging on for the weekend? For that next paycheck? Or maybe it's the thrill of success? Closing the deal? Hitting your numbers? Finding the thing you were born to do? Whether you love your career or hate it, or more likely land somewhere in between. One thing is certain, you'll spend a huge portion of your life at work. So one of the first words that should pop into your head when you think of work is worship. As Christians, if we aren't on staff at a church or out on the mission field, sometimes we feel that we aren't truly doing God's work. Like we're second-class citizens in the kingdom of heaven. But God makes it clear that whatever our hands find to do, we should do it with all our might. We work with all our hearts, as for the Lord and not for men. We're called to worship God with our work, whatever it may be. Worship isn't just a Sunday morning event. God doesn't wave goodbye from the church and say, see you next week. He's always with us, and every aspect of life is an opportunity to bring Him glory. For most of us, our workplace is one of the primary places we can put our faith into action. We work to fulfill our God-given responsibility to provide for our families, to financially support our local church, and the advance of God's kingdom at home and abroad. At work, we love and serve coworkers and customers in word and deed, knowing that we'll encounter many who have never set foot in a church and as a representative of Christ, we operate with integrity. In doing so, we earn the right to be heard. We work with excellence because we serve a master craftsman, the very maker of heaven and earth. From the very beginning, he created us to work. It's not a punishment, though at times it may seem that way. It's a high calling. So the next time you think of work, think of worship, because work is worship. All right, so that's a clip from Right Now Media, and we offer that service to you. All you have to do is go to our website. It's actually on the back of your bulletin. It shows how you can get access to that subscription service, and they actually have a whole section on work. So John Maxwell talks about how to be a better leader, and there's all sorts of different videos that can help train you and give you skill to be a better worker. Another version of the same type of programming is Right Now Media at Work, my friend, when he was sick, I gave him access to our Right Now Media library, and he was so impressed that he bought the work version for all of his employees so that they could also have access to those videos. So we encourage you to plug into that. But work is huge. Work matters. We spend a lot of time doing work. I personally like working. I enjoy working. I don't foresee myself being able, unless I was like unhealthy, I don't foresee myself being able to sit around and do nothing. So even if I didn't get paid, I would have to do something, some kind of work, 
make something happen because work is actually a gift from the Lord. God is a worker, and we too should be workers. And when we do, when we work, when we work as unto the Lord, which is something that when I became a, when I was a young Christian, realized that when I work as if I'm working for the Lord, then God can reward that. Uh, Ephesians 6, 5 says, slaves, obey your, you can insert employees, obey your earthly masters, employers, your boss, with deep respect and fear. Serve them with some Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. So work as unto the Lord. Work hard, work good, do the work. Figure out what work you've been hired to do. And then do that work. Sometimes people work really hard, but they're not doing the job they've been hired to do, which creates trouble. Sometimes they don't give the customer enough. Sometimes they give the customer too much. Figure out what you've been hired to do. Figure out how you're supposed to do the job. And then do the best that you can. So God is a worker. Work is a gift from God, and we can work like God does. The Lord took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So this was before sin. So sin isn't, or for work isn't a curse because of sin. Instead, God is a worker, and Adam was a worker. He got to name all the animals. He got to uh, tend the garden and take care of it. Uh, work is a gift from God. As God is a worker, Adam was a worker. But then when they sinned, work got more difficult. Work became more difficult after the curse. So after Adam and Eve sinned to Adam, God says, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are and dust you will return. So that means that work became more difficult. Maybe you work by the sweat of your brow, which I always thought was a good thing, but I guess work can be enjoyable, work can be delightful, and it's a great thing when you are able to do the work that you really want to do. There's people that have jobs that are just jobs. They're not the career that they wanted, they're not the thing that they hoped for. It's, it's drudgery. They do it because they need the money to pay the rent, to put the food on the table, to make things happen, and sometimes they wish that they had a different job but they don't pray about it. Sometimes they wish that they could make a change, but they won't get training for that thing into the future. And so uh, sometimes people are trapped in dead-end jobs, and if maybe they would work and pray their way out of it. Uh, maybe they would be able to make that career change, to do that job that they really love. Or maybe they can find satisfaction in doing the job that they do because of the relationships around, because of the team that they're on, because of the people they work with. And maybe sometimes... Uh, life is so difficult and the people are so difficult that you just need to pray and take a risk and get a different job. But work after sin became more difficult. And I know there's a lot of sinful people at your work, people that aren't necessarily honest or godly. And maybe sometimes you feel like a stranger and alien in your workplace because you feel like you're the only Christian in the place, but yet you're an ambassador for Christ, a minister of reconciliation, and you can be used in that workplace. So pray about those opportunities. Work is a requirement. Work is a requirement. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 to 11. God expects us to work. Uh, Paul writes, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. 
We hear that some of you are idle. They are not busy. They are busybodies. So if you are retired, you still have a lot of work to do. I actually learned that retired people in the church are some of the busiest people around because they're involved in so many different volunteer things and they're doing so many different things. It's the people that are retired that have a lot to do that seem to live the longest. The people who retire and do nothing but sit around seem to die earlier. So whether you're getting a check for it or not, there's plenty of work to do. Be busy doing God's will in your life and serving others. So work is when you accomplish a task and do things. Ministry is when you help people and serve the Lord. And work can be ministry. Make your ministry your work and all the other opportunities around. But work is a requirement. Uh, Psalm 128, 2 says, Psalm 128, verse 2 says, You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. And that's the way it usually works. That's the way it's, it's supposed to work, is you work and you get blessings and prosperity. Hopefully it works out that way. Uh, many promises in Psalms are general promises, which is the way it usually works. And hopefully as you work and you work wisely and you work well, you will be rewarded for it. Ephesians 4.28 says, He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. So not only do we work to provide for our own needs, but to share with others in need. It is a great thing when we can work and not steal, uh, when we can work and uh, not only have enough for us, but to share with those in need, with others. So work is most successful when God is part of it. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. And we should bring God to work with us, like that video mentioned. Uh, God doesn't leave us when we leave church and leave us on our own for the work week until we come back into a spiritual mode. But take God to work with you. Pray about your job and the, the, your time management and uh, your struggles and your whatever, your sales prospects or the thing that you're trying to make or the thing you're trying to invent or whatever it is, pray about it, ask God for help. And so many times, at least been, have been my experience, that God shows up, gives you some great ideas, some great connections. Uh, when you bring God to work with you, amazing things happen. And maybe your employer doesn't even understand how these things are happening. Maybe they just think you're lucky or, or special, but... Um, I tried to tell them that I was praying about it and God was blessing me and they looked at me very strangely, said I was naive and other things like that. So I then said, well, I was inspired. But nonetheless, bring God to work with you. God can do amazing things uh, working through you. So um, Hudson Taylor, said he was a missionary to China. Uh, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help him to do his work through me. So ask God to do his work through you, where, where, whatever it is, whatever your job is, where, whatever, wherever you live, uh, ask God to work through you and expect amazing things to happen. So, okay, so in your outline, number one, see work as worship. God deserves our worship. He sets the example of doing work. So in Psalm 104, uh, you should read the entire psalm and see all the things that God does. But uh, Psalm 104, verse 24 says, O Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ships sailing along. Um, it goes on and on about all these things that God has created, about all these things that God has made. 
Um, verse 19 says, You made the moon to mark out the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness, and it becomes night, when all the forest animals prowl about. Uh, and it goes on and on. But you should read all the things that God has been busy doing or did in creation for work. See, work is worship. God deserves our worship. He sets the example of doing work. So God also set the example of taking a day to rest from work, a great day to worship him. So it's not that you just sit around and do nothing, but you take a break from your work and hopefully you come worship. Maybe hopefully today is your day of rest from work. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you just have to sit there on the couch and do nothing, but what it does mean is that it's good to set aside a day to worship the Lord, and many of us are able to take Sunday as that day. When I worked in places where they were open seven days a week, I always told them that it was my sincerely held religious conviction that I needed to worship the Lord on Sunday, but if there was an emergency, I would come in and work. But it is my preference and my sincerely held religious conviction that I shouldn't work on Sundays. And they respected that, and I did not work on those Sundays unless there was an emergency, and then I did. Like if somebody was sick or, you know, some reason, but they respected that. And I think that when you say it's your sincerely held religious conviction, they go, oh, you know, this might be a legal thing. We should, we, maybe we should let them take Sundays off. But you want to do that at the interview before you get the job. So you don't want to get the job and then say, oh, by the way. So you want that to be like the, well, if you want me to serve on your team, got this one condition. Now, if you're going to be in the NFL, that's probably not going to work. So if you want to be an NFL player, you're probably going to end up playing on Sundays. So maybe you can go to church on Sunday night or Saturday. I don't know. But someday if you bless us with a large sum of money and we're able to build a building, maybe we'll have a Saturday night service. So as you work and God prospers your work and you make all that money and you give us some of it so we can build the building, maybe we can offer a Saturday night service. But see work as worship. Worship the Lord. Take the time to rest. Don't just work so much you burn yourself out. There's a time to work. There's a time to rest. God so blessed, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation, Genesis 2-3. I'm guessing that God did not say that on the seventh day that I am so tired. Oh, look at all the work I did. I've got nothing left in me. I'm just going to sit here a while. Instead, I think that he did that as an example for us because while he's eternal and probably never runs out of steam, we do. And there are times when we just need to take a break. Sometimes it's safer for us to take a break from work. Sometimes we can't just keep enduring and going on and on like, like zombies uh, doing the work. Sometimes it's just safer if we take a break, if we, if we get rest. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and we got to work for Manpower, uh, which was, the so, I think it's a social service organization, but none of they'd pay us as kids to work. And we worked 45 minutes, and then we get a 15-minute break, because that was the rule for hard labor. So it's probably a good rule, because after 45 minutes of hard labor, it was good to take a break. <clears throat> See, workers worship. John 4:23. A time is coming, and yet, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So we need to see our work as worship. We need to know that God sees everything that we do, and he sees the reason that we do it and how we do it, and if we do it well, and if we're slacking off or if we're doing the job that we've been called to do the, in the best way that we can. Uh, if we have time, I've got a little video clip from Doug Sherman who wrote this book in 1987 called Your Work Matters to God. An awesome book. 
It's still in print. You can get it on Amazon or on Kindle. But he talks about work. And he says, Earlier we saw that God is a worker and has created you in his image to be his co-worker. Consequently, your work is an extension of God's work. Furthermore, your work is a mean whereby you can fulfill his great commandments, to love him, to love other people, and to love yourself. So as a Christian, you are to go work for the same reason you go to church, to worship and serve Christ. Though you obey human bosses and meet the needs of human customers, your ultimate boss is Jesus Christ. So it's a great book, and I'll show you a video clip from him in a minute. But see your work as worship. Do your work and do it well. It's a great thing to do your work and do it well. Uh, I know that some of your co-workers might not like it when you work hard. Uh, I have been told before to quit working so hard because if you keep working like that, we're not going to have enough work to get through the day. Which I'm like, well, that's kind of a weird thought. But maybe that happens at your work too. I don't know. So number two, know your work is ministry. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So know that you are able to serve people through your work. Whatever your job is, you are trying to create a product or uh, do something for some reason. And when I was working in the optical industry, making anti or shipping and selling anti-reflective coated optical lenses, I had it in my head that I was coming to work to help people see better. And that was a pretty, pretty good service to offer to uh, a pretty good ministry to help people see better. So Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So think about that. God created you, God knows you, and he's prepared works in advance for you to do. So do you think all of those things that he prepared for you to do are just in Christian ministry, are just in youth ministry and small groups in the church? I think a lot of the stuff that God created for you to do has to do probably in your workplace or with your customers or while you're out and about. And so walk hand in hand with the Lord and expect amazing things as you work. Charles Spurgeon says, However great may be the work for which we are responsible, we will always do well if we pause to spend time in sacred praise. And what a great thing to thank God for the opportunity, thank God for the customer, thank God for the product, thank God for the paycheck, praise him for the energy that he gives you through the day, and spend time as you're going from place to place, as you're going from job to job, thanking the Lord, praying, and praising the Lord. Work skillfully, and honor, or working skillfully is honorable. So uh, to keep improving, to keep getting training, to keep getting more skills, because God can use people with skills. And it amazes me, the people that come to church here, all the different skills you have. I mean, some of you people, a lot of you people are leaders in industry, and it's amazing the people that God has brought together in this church. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. And Zig Ziglar, the Christian motivational speaker, says, over-deliver in all you do, and soon you will be rewarded for the extra effort. And that is so true when you're serving and you're, you're caring and the boss knows they can trust you and you're reliable. And uh, when the company's looking for their number one person to send out to, to fix the problem or to make something happen because they know that you over-deliver because you are all about the company because you know that you are employed and you want to do your best to honor God and to serve the people around you, over-deliver in all you do, and soon you will be rewarded for the extra effort. People will notice. So the Holy Spirit empowers skilled workers to fulfill God's plans. 
The Holy Spirit can empower you to get your job done. The Holy Spirit can empower you to make connections and to help people, your coworkers and the people around you, sometimes your customers. The Holy Spirit can empower workers. So when, the, when Moses was told to build the tent of meeting for the tabernacle and they built the portable temple before Solomon built the real temple, uh, God had a plan and instructions, and then God had chosen people with skills. Exodus 31, 1, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. So, Exodus 31.6. Moreover, I have appointed uh, Oli, son of, uh, I'm just going to skip that, tribe of Dan, to help him. I have given, given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything. I have commanded you, the tent of, uh, I've commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand, all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and those woven garments, both for the sacred garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his sons when they serve as priest, and the anointing oil, and the fragrance incense. So God had a person, God had people that he had chosen, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, made them successful in that. Exodus 35.10, all who are skilled among you are to come and do everything the Lord has commanded. So Oli and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord had commanded. So God said, everybody can bring stuff to contribute to this. I want everybody to bring stuff to contribute to this, but the skilled workers are the ones that are going to carry it out. And you are a skilled worker, most likely. If you're not, gain some skills, learn some skills, figure out what you are about. It is so hard for some people to figure out what they are about. They don't know what career they should choose. They don't know how they should go about living their life. They have a job, but they don't know if it's a job for them, and they really don't know where to start. And Crown Financial Ministries actually has a uh, survey that you can either take online by yourself and get the results, or you can have like a telephone consultation or a real consultant that helps you. And I want to show you this so that maybe you're the person that needs this, or maybe you know somebody who does. So I've told my adult son that I would pay for this, for him to do it for free if he wants to figure out what his life is supposed to be about and pray about your career direction, but watch this. You are uniquely designed. You have unlimited potential to be more, do more, and maximize your God-given talents and abilities. You understand fully who you are, what you were designed to do, what gets you excited, and the true impact that you can have in your world. You're ready for your life calling. Career Direct is an innovative assessment and consultation tool designed to optimize your effectiveness in life and work. It's the first time-tested and revolutionary assessment that profiles four areas. Your personality, interests, skills, and values to help you grow and make the best choices for your life and career. Now, most career assessment tools measure only one or two dimensions of a person. To reach your full potential, you need a complete understanding of each of the four areas and how they interrelate and how to align all four areas into a harmonious whole, igniting your passion. CareerDirect was developed over a 10-year period, and hundreds of thousands of people of all ages have trusted CareerDirect 
to help them find direction. You can now take your assessment in any of the more than 18 languages and connect with any of our consultants around the globe. Maybe you're a high school or college student who's exploring potential career options. Maybe you're currently unemployed or underemployed. Maybe you're trying to convince your employer that you have the talents and skills for that new job opportunity. Or maybe you simply want to grow and learn more about the real you and how you can impact your community. No matter the reason, Career Direct and our team of trained consultants are ready to assist you. With the Career Direct website, you have the choice of completing your assessment online or connecting with the Career Direct consultant to assist you in gaining deeper understanding your unique design and to help you make wise decisions. Thousands of CareerDirect consultants around the globe are ready to serve you now. All right, so anyway, that resource is from Crown Financial Ministries, not associated with Crown College. They're different, but it's a Christian ministry, and so they have this online interest survey thing that will allow you or someone else to get a general idea of what careers they might be interested in. Uh, when I took my ACT test in high school, it said I should be a social worker. So sometimes in, when I was an associate pastor, I seemed, I felt like a social worker, but they didn't have a tool like this. But what I did have is I prayed about what should I do with my life, Lord, and I, I had these ideas and I prayed about it. And then someone said, have you ever thought about going into Christian ministry? And I'm like, no, I don't think I'd qualify. Uh, no, but I prayed about it and God put that on my heart. Didn't really know what that meant, but I uh, started to pursue that. And then I went to Bible college for a year and then dropped out, got married. Um, and I had all these jobs and I thought that I was wasting my life in the wilderness, uh, not following God's plan. But it turns out that he used all the different jobs that I had to teach me something, to help me, to gain some new skill. And as I was uh, working at uh, one company, it seemed I would stay in each position long enough to learn a skill set. And then I was moved to the next one. So in shipping, I learned organizational skills and then uh, customer service, I learned people skills, and in um, sales, I learned evangelism skills, and in marketing, I learned desktop publishing and other skills. And so then at the end of that time when I was done with uh, ministry training, uh, Bible college and all that stuff, then I got my first job in ministry. And people have often, other pastors have often said to me, where did you learn all this stuff? And I'm like, well, I thought I was wasting my time not uh, pursuing God's call in my life when it turned out that he was using all of these experiences to train me for the future that he had for me in ministry. So we need to be a good worker. Number three, be a good worker. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. We need to be good workers. So that doesn't mean that you can't ever ask the person that you're working for, why do we do this? Or is there a better way to do this? Or how come you always make me do this part uh, when there's other people... Uh, which is a real thing, but you can be a good worker and pray about your, your conflicts, uh, personality conflicts sometimes with your employers or co-workers or whatever. But Colossians 3.22, slaves obey your earthly masters in everything. Do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. So it's the Colossians version of the, what we started with in Ephesians. You will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Working can bring satisfaction. So Ecclesiastes 2, a man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction 
in his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God, and you can read more about that in Ecclesiastes. So have a plan. Have a plan to do your work. Have a plan to manage your time. Have, have goals. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So think about it. Plan your work. Work your plan and expect to be successful. Uh, as you speak, from the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. So if your job is speaking, do it well. Be honest. Don't oversell jobs. Uh, when you make a promise, fulfill it, or at least tell the person that you're sorry that you weren't able to fulfill uh, what you said because of, and at least communicate with them. Don't lie. Don't cover it up. So, um, wages. We work for wages. Uh, scripture says, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. And we need, Luke 3.14 says we should be content with our pay, but we work for wages, and we should have defined wages, and we should it's always good if you are the boss to let your employees know how they can earn more wages and what they can do to advance and to be more successful and to earn more. It's a great motivator. Uh, pay good wages. Don't be one of these CEOs that take in millions and billions of dollars while you're paying all your employees minimum wage. So instead be known as the godly business owner that pays your employees well. Colossians 4.1, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you have a master in heaven. God sees what you do. God knows your resources that you have. So be generous with the way that you share them. Uh, invest in your people. If you are a manager or an owner of a company, uh, help them to find training. Help them to better their skills. See uh, what, you, uh, what you offer as uh, an opportunity to invest into people's lives, to make them better. And yes, they may leave your company, but you can be used in ministry to help people become better. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So God is your master, and if you are in charge of people, treat them well. Ephesians 6, 9. So um, wages, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow. When you have opportunity to pay people, pay them on time. Don't withhold their checks. Don't uh, do uh, things that are unethical to try to keep the money a little longer, but do all you can to uh, earn wages, do all you can to pay good wages. Uh, working is a place for opportunity, so uh, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Look for the opportunities at your workplace. Look for the opportunities to do ministry. Look for the opportunities to make the workplace better, safer, more profitable, more productive, to serve the customers better, uh, and do it in a winsome, godly way. So uh, it's a place to build relationships. So many of the best relationships can be built at work. Sometimes you have great relationship with, relationships with your coworkers. Sometimes you don't. But Galatians 6.10 says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And even if they don't, uh, Luke 10.27 says, Show love to God and to others. Luke 6.31 says, Do to others as you would have them do to you. So relationships at work. Uh, work is a place to grow in knowledge. The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Uh, Proverbs 2.6, James 1.5 says, If you lack wisdom, ask God who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So you can grow in knowledge, you can grow in skill. Uh, many of the things that I learned about home improvement and construction stuff came from a job that I didn't even ask for. 
uh, just kind of showed up one day. A guy asked, from church asked me, hey, would you like to come, there it goes again, would you like to come work for me? And he said he'd pay me more, and then I got to work construction for a year. And as I was working construction, I learned all sorts of, sorts of different skills that I wouldn't have. And so it's a good thing to gain skills and knowledge at work. So I'm going to skip over Solomon's work experience in Ecclesiastes for the sake of time. You know, as we think about our work and the Christian community, there are three fundamental views of our work. One view that is actually fairly common is that God doesn't really care about our work, that he only cares about church work, that spiritual work or uh, praying and discipling people and sharing Christ. That's the only thing that really matters. Everything else doesn't. So that's one view. As you can imagine, that's a wrong view, but that's one view. Another view is that the only reason we go to work is so that we can lead people to Christ and have money to fund missionary work. So it's really not much different than the first one. It's just a little bit of a step up that says you have purpose at work only because of the money that you give and the people that you reach. And of course, both of those are false. Uh, anytime we say something like God doesn't care, um, we find ourselves in a place where we're just saying the wrong thing. If we were to say God doesn't care about, I'm in commercial real estate, so if someone says God doesn't care about apartments for students at universities, they'd be, just be wrong. There is no sentence that begins with God doesn't care that's true. So the third view is the biblical view, and that is this. It begins really with the simple understanding that God is a perfect father. And when Jesus taught people to pray in Matthew 6, he began with our father who art in heaven. That's our heavenly father. He's introducing us to the nature of God. He is a perfect father. Now in that environment, people worked with their fathers their whole life. They did everything together with their fathers. That's the image that God gives us of work. And so the purpose that God has for work is first and foremost to enjoy us and for us to enjoy Him. That's really why one of the reasons we go to work is so that we can enjoy the Lord in sales calls and in meetings and through conflicts and struggles and challenges and cash flow problems and victories and all the things that make up our workday we can do with God. And when we do it with God as opposed to without God, when we see our day as a series of moments in His presence where we either turn our face to Him or our back to Him, and increasingly we turn our face to Him and enjoy Him, we are fulfilling God's purpose. Secondly, we need to know that God by nature is a worker. He, he, cares, about, he cares about the students that we reach. Let's talk about my business in commercial real estate. He cares about them. He cares about their living experience. He cares about how we handle maintenance requests. It has intrinsic value because we represent God's love to these students through the way we help them optimize their living experience with simple things like making their lease easier, uh, helping them communicate better with their parents. In everything that we do, we are a part of God's love for those people. One of the things I try and do when I am heading into a meeting, say it's a meeting with an investor, is I, I try and pause at the doorframe of that meeting and just say, Lord, thank you that you have called me to serve this person. And before I speak to the managers in our company, uh, thank you, Lord, that you've called me to serve these people. 
It is so important that we understand that the purpose that God has for us is intrinsic. First and foremost, he wants to enjoy us and for us to enjoy him. Secondly, he wants us to know that what we do matters. It really matters and we can do it with him and we can enjoy him in the process. But commercial real estate, oil and gas, technology, all the different medical, all those professions, really and truly we should know that our hands and our mind are the hands and thoughts of God that represent his love in the world in whatever career we have. All right, so that's that author of that book that your work matters to God that you should get and you should read. So uh, workers, uh, relationships, you build relationships at work, and then um, supplication, uh, supplies. Uh, you receive the money that you need to supply what you need for your family. You receive uh, the money that you need to um, provide for others in need. So with that, we're out of time. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much that you have given us this opportunity to serve you, to worship you, to work for you. Lord, I thank you for the breath of life and the energy that you give us. I thank you for transportation. I thank you that uh, there is a shortage of quality workers, and there's many opportunities for us to uh, jump in. I pray that you would open doors for us to increase our skills. Uh, maybe somebody here will go to Crown College, either on campus or online, uh, to increase their skills. Maybe their company will even pay for it. But Lord, we pray that we would be godly workers, that we would honor you in every way. Lord, that when we make mistakes and we don't uh, get things right, that you would help us to make it right. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be good at building relationships or patching up relationships in our workplace. I pray that eventually you would make us the leaders and the owners and the managers and the people in charge. And as you do, that people will be loyal to us, that they'll love working for us, that they'll love um, supporting us and uh, there'd be loyalty and that you would just, like uh, Joseph in the Old Testament, that you would just bless everything that we put our hands to. So God, we pray that you would bless us as we, as we finish this worship song and we go from here today. Lord, we know it's in our country. Tomorrow is Labor Day. And uh, Lord, we do thank you for uh, the opportunity to, to labor. Um, but anyway, Lord Jesus, we just thank you and ask us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.